Hey guys, it's She Shed Drill Light with Crystal Fry and Susan Price, and today's episode is Unconditional Obedience. Okay, so this first chapter, um, the one called Switcheroo, so we're starting with chapter 7 um, this week, and we were supposed to read chapter 7 and chapter 8, and this first this first chapter, Switcheroo, um, I... The couple things that stood out to me is I couldn't get enough of God. Like she said that in this chapter and I thought to myself, do I, do I feel that way? Like, do I feel all the time like that I can't get enough of God? Yes. And something that had stood out to me in this chapter too, about what you're saying, it was why settle for a piece of God when you can have the whole piece of God, P-E-A-C-E. Which is true. Like we oftentimes settle for just a piece of God, just enough to get us through every day, just enough to hold us on and make us feel like we're doing what we're supposed to as Christians instead of actually taking time and investing more, like wanting more, um, desiring more. Because I mean, when you think about like your relationship when you first started off and how excited you were and how much time you wanted to spend with God. And then now, you know, as time goes on, the excitement sometimes starts to fade. Like it takes discipline. Yeah. I I think this was a lot about um, God being like on our to-do list instead of him actually just being something to where we are spending time with him out of the pureness versus like putting him on a checklist. Like we do every other thing that we, you know, like we're treating God as we are. I need to wash my dishes. Absolutely. I mean, I, I'm guilty of being like, all right, get up, read my Bible, check, done that for the day. I did what I was supposed to do. But are you really taking time and taking it all in and really taking that moment to just be there? You know, like, because we do treat him like a checklist. And I don't, I mean, if somebody treated me like a checklist, I don't think that I would like that very much at all. Yeah, it's so crazy because we actually read this um, chapter or like these two chapters on the beach together. And we were sitting there going through these two chapters and Susan was reading that. And that's the one thing that I wrote down that really stuck out to me because a lot of times we really do settle for just like a piece of God when we can have one, the whole thing. And when we have him completely, that really is truly us having the peace of God inside of us. Yeah. I mean, I, I still, since then that was over the weekend and I've like thought about that on a daily basis now, just really thinking on, well, I really do settle. Like how often in our relationship, relationship with God (laughs) How often in our relationship with God do we settle, you know? And it's sad because like you just mentioned, like, I I don't want to just settle. I don't want to just live that enough life with God, relationship with God. Like, I want to be on fire for God and I want to desire him more and more every day. You know, we should never grow stagnant, which we do. We should never be less than. We should always be going forward. You know what I mean? In our relationship with God. And when we're at a standstill or we're going backwards, then there's obviously something off that we need to stop and reevaluate ourselves for. But I think a lot of times the reason that we are kind of so quick to 
do those kind of things is because we get in our own heads like the agenda. We have him on an agenda when reality that God shouldn't be on our agenda. He should be something that um, we do before anything else and that we we do throughout the day. He shouldn't be like something that we're just checking off like, oh, I woke up in the morning. I did this what I'm supposed to do. It should be something that we do all throughout the day, not with like a check off, you know, he should, you know, we can't hold him on to our own agenda. We do what we got, what God tells us to do, you know? Exactly. And, and, you know, that's actually a part in here in the, in this chapter where it says, do whatever he tells you being obedient and listening and doing exactly what God tells us. And I'm guilty for not listening to that voice and doing what I'm being mm-hmm. told. But you know, they, she referenced Mary, the mother of Jesus and how, at the wedding um, they were at in Cana, and I'm sure y'all are probably most all familiar with this story, but, you know, they ran out of wine, and Jesus's mom was like, we ran out of wine, like, you know, back then, like, to run out of wine at a wedding was a problem, because they celebrated for days and days, and so um, basically, he was kind of like, well, what do you want me to do about it, but either way, so, you know, they talked, and he said, okay, And Mary told the people there, she said, do whatever he tells you. And those were the words that she mentioned to him or to them, to the people. And he told them to fill the jars with water. And I know if that were me, I'd be like, fill the jar with water. Like, what is, what is that going to do for anything? We want wine, not water, you know? Um, But they all were obedient. They filled their jars with water. They did what he told them to do. And then what did he do? He turned water into wine. And it said it was some of the best wine that there was. And they yeah. saved the best for last or something like that was what they had mentioned. Well, and that's because they were they were listening to him and listening to the voice of him versus listening to what they thought they needed to do. You know, and I think that that's where we're wrapped up in like what we think we need to do. Remember, we were talking about this, too, and how we sit there and we, you know, have, for instance, these to-do lists, and then we get dragged down by trying to make sure we're doing all of this, that we're not actually just listening to what God wants us to do. And that's not just with sitting with him and being with him. That's honestly with everything. Like, does God want me to take the time to meet with so-and-so today? Like if that is on my to-do list, like we, we should be making it, putting him at the forefront of it, like not of the to-do list, but putting him at the forefront of our lives to where we meet with him to go over everything before we do it. And we let him tell us what to do. Exactly. Consulting God in every situation and something even as small as just like, God, clear my schedule. Let it be about you. Let it be what you want for my life, not me filling it up with all these unnecessary things that are dragging me from here to there and put my attention in all these places where it's not on you and what you want for my life. And I know it sounds so small and so silly, but in all honesty, like small things lead to big things. And when we're obedient in the small things, we're obedient in the big things. And I think if we just all slow down and we just say, here I am, God, I'm listening you know, whatever it is that you have to say to me, that's, that's what I'm going to be obedient in. And, um, that, you know, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to 
take up my cross. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to do what you tell me to do. Um, and just like Mary told them, like, do whatever he tells you. So we need to do whatever he tells us. But like you said, if we are so caught up in a checklist, we're missing what he wants us to do anyway, because we're so distracted by everything around us. And, um, you know, I think in this chapter, uh, another thing that has stuck out with me the most, the most is <laughs> truly clearing my schedule. Like, and I, I have a routine schedule pretty much every single day for the most part, but, and there's things that have to be done, but really just clearing the things in between and just saying, all right, have your way, do what you want to do. Sometimes I feel overwhelmed because I feel like I'm doing so many different things and being pulled in so many different directions. But at the end of the day, I hadn't consulted God and said, is this what you want me to be doing with my time? You know, I know I have to work and I know I have to do other, other things as a parent and a wife, but these extra things I'm doing, is this what you want me to do with my time? Am I doing, using my time wisely and doing something for your kingdom and to build your kingdom? Yeah. And we had talked about that too this weekend, as far as like, we like, you know, we've talked about that on here before too, is like, we like to plan, we like to have things planned out, but, um, how often do we actually seek his guidance and those plans, you know, to make sure that we aren't just doing things to do things because it is routine, but we're doing things to build his kingdom. Like you said. Um, so the next chapter is called clueless. Okay, Susan, you and I both know this chapter was absolutely probably our, well, this, okay, I'll speak for myself. This was probably my favorite chapter in the book so far. I mean, there was so many things in this chapter that really just like hit home. And I was just kind of like, God, I feel like you're just speaking directly to me in this. And, um, uh, one of those things was when it said, uh, boxed up God feels tidy because I feel like we put, we do put God in a box a lot of times. And because we do that, it feels like, okay, we have, we have him where we need him. We have him where we want him. And instead of boxing, you know, and that feels, that feels safe to us. That feels good to us instead of not boxing him in for what he can do and all the things he's capable of but because that means that we have to trust and that means that we have to be feel you know we have to be obedient and that's scary it's really scary i mean it just shows how much trust we have to put into him but i'm just like definitely this is hands down my favorite chapter so far too me and crystal when we were done reading this chapter we were like wow like that was really good and Chris Lee was like I might go back and have to reread that all over again it just like at one point y'all we were in tears on the beach we were just sitting yeah. there like in tears because it was such a good chapter and you know I am very structured and like to have a neat plan in place and so for me too like you said box box up God feels tidy it makes you feel good because you got him in that box exactly where you want him he's centered you know and and you have him placed where you want him, but that's not how that works. He places himself where he needs to be for us. And so um, one of the things that stood out a lot to me in this chapter, I mean, there was a ton of things, but one of, one of the really big things was um, where, it's, where it was speaking as if Jesus were talking to us. And it says, you are in charge of obedience. I'm in charge of the results. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, so I just need to be obedient. 
and you'll take care of the results. Because even if I'm not obedient, the results are in your hands regardless. So why wouldn't I just be obedient and do what you're asking me to do? Rather I agree with it, rather I understand it, rather that's what I want to do, but just be obedient because at the end of the day, the results are yours anyway. Well, that's the control part of us, you know, like we feel like that means that we're giving up everything, that we're literally trusting him. And, you know, I think we want to say that we trust him. We want to say that we're obedient, but do we fully? And I think those are the questions that we're like forced to ask ourselves as we're doing this study as well. Um, one other thing that really stood out to me too was the avalanche of negative self-talk was so deafening that I couldn't hear the voice of God. Man, there's been so many times in my life that I've just gone on a spiral effect of negativity within myself, like self-talk of like, I'm not worthy enough or I'm not good enough or I can't do this because of this and all this kind of stuff. And that it truly did deafen the voice of God, which he says none of those things, but I couldn't hear it because I was so wrapped up in my own self-will, my own self destruction that I couldn't hear his voice over the avalanche of what I was feeding myself. Oh, I am totally guilty for the same thing. It's so easy to get caught up in negative self-talk and, and wearing ourselves down with all the negativity that surrounds us, surrounds us on a daily basis. And it definitely blocks our hearing and our ears from hearing what God has to say to us. And, you know, the, the second thing, and this will be the last thing for me for this chapter, like the, the two big takeaways for me was um, where it talked about how we may never experience fruit during our time on earth. Mm. We may not bear witness to, to that. And, um, she was talking about how Moses, Moses never experienced it with the promised land and says, think of a time um, you did what you were called to do and the grand finale played out. And I was like, oh, so I have to be okay knowing that the things I'm doing here on earth, I may never be able to witness that for myself to see the fruit of that. And I have to be okay with that. And I was like, uh, I, I don't know how I feel about that. Like, I don't like that. But you know, at the same time, it's like as long and I think in my mind, if I if I can get it in my mindset to realize as long as what I'm doing here on earth leaves an impact on somebody when I leave and they get to bear the fruit of that, then that's really all that matters at the end of the day. I shouldn't have to be to experience that myself. But as people in human nature, we we want to bear that fruit. We want to um, feel good because we see that it's actually going somewhere and doing something. And a lot of times we become um kind of down when we don't get to see those things playing out. And I mean, even recently for us, we've gone through a lot of different things over the past year or so. And it had us questioning things like, okay, I'm not seeing the fruit from this. I'm not seeing the benefits of this. Is this really even worth it? Or is this what you even want us to be doing right now? Because I don't feel like I'm seeing anything or hearing anything from you. But through this chapter, that was one of the things that was like, oh, well, I have to be okay knowing that I may never experience that. And so I was like, oh, so that, that was hard for me. I think that's where I teared up at was hearing that, reading those words. And I was like, or listening to you read those words. And I was like, oh gosh, I don't know how I feel about that. That hit home too for me, because I was thinking like, we, that's what we want to see. We want to see the fruits of everything, but some things are not meant for us to see, but it's meant for 
um, our children to bear those fruits. It's meant for um, their children to bear those fruits. It's meant for people that we come in contact to bear those fruits. Like it's not, it's not all meant for us, you know? So I think that um, that one was a hard one to, to grasp. Well, let's get started on the questions. So we're not going to, like we said in the past, we're not going to do all the questions, especially the scripture stuff, because that's something that we want you to intimately spend time with him and, and read your Bible and do that. Um, but we'll start with the first question. And the first question was on a scale of one to 10, one being a total chicken, 10 being fearless, how big of a risk taker are you? And I circled eight on this one. Did you circle that too? <laughs> I did too. I did too. Like back in the day, it was a 10. I had no worries at all, no fears of anything. But now I'm slowly declining in that. Like it's just kind of going downhill. Yeah. I circled on eight too because like a lot of times I think I've learned as I've gotten older, as far as like life stuff, like the worst thing that could happen is, you know, something doesn't go right or something fails and you have to, but really truly, is it, is it failure? Or is it just the way that you're looking at it? And is it God putting you in another position to do something else? So it's all kind of perspective too. But I think um, now when it comes to like roller coasters or like skydiving or stuff like that, like, I think I would have like been first in line, like let's roll. But I think that I would start, like now I would probably do it, but I would have a lot of questions before I did it. So like, it just depends. Like, I think I might put myself at a little bit of lower if it was, if it was talking about more like life stuff like that. But I took it as if like, like starting ministry or doing something like that. Like, would I be a risk taker? And I'm like, absolutely. Like what could happen? You know what I mean? So I, that's pretty crazy. We always pick the same thing. It seems like <laughs> we do. Yeah. I mean, like I, totally the same exact thing. I mean, um, I love roller coasters. They don't like me. It makes me like sick, motion sickness, I guess, but it didn't used to do that. But skydiving, I've always said it looks great. I would like to do it, but I'm too chicken to jump. You'd have to push me. So it's just like, uh, I don't know. And I think it's more like the concept of getting sick from it. But anyway, so like, yeah, I definitely I've learned if anything over these past few years is that when we step out of the boat, leap out, take a leap of faith. Um, you know, and especially when we feel that it's God calling us to it, like even when it's scary and we have no idea what we're doing and it's scary faith, but we do it anyway, like it's always what he wants us to do. And so he's going to equip us with what we need to make sure that it happens. And so I, that's the one thing I've realized is like, why not step out? Why not take that crazy leap of faith? Why not take a risk and take a chance? Because like you said, I mean, it may just not work out, but if not, that wasn't God's plan after all. And he needed you for that little bit of time you were there uh, for whatever reason it may be. And then that goes back to you just may not ever experience or see why that was. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So that was that was the same one I circled. So we're going to flip to page 44. And the question here says, when we live in obedience to God, what might happen to our misguided attempts to control outcomes? Um, there's a lot of words in this one that I had to go back and like reread because it's like, okay, what exactly are we asking here? Um, and I said, they're more likely to go out the door, um, like the control that we have. Like it's, we're less likely to have those control issues if we're living in obedience. Um, we may feel more conviction 
um, when we're living obedience to let go of things that give us control or make us want to control things. So if I'm living in obedience to God, I mean, it's natural for us to want to take that control. But when I'm truly walking in obedience, in relationship with him, going to him on a daily basis, I'm going to have that conviction of you got to let this go. Um, but naturally, I'm already going to be letting go of that anyway. Yeah. Um, I wrote that uh, instead of doubt, we trust because with obedience, with obedience comes God's will and not our self-will. And I think, uh, you know, with God's will, he is in control. With our self-will, we are in control. And so I think um, with obedience can with obedience to God, we begin to not doubt, we begin to trust more, and um, we begin to kind of walk out God's will for our lives versus our own. Absolutely. The next question is, think of a time when it felt as if God asked you to step out in the wild obedience. Briefly describe the act of obedience, what happened, Describe the emotions you felt before, during, and after you stepped out in obedience. Okay, so this is a big one. Um, a lot of questions in that one, but I I immediately wrote down three four one ministry. Um, three four one ministry was a ministry that I started four years ago, and when um, I started it, it was definitely a step in obedience because I was super scared. I had all the doubts in the world. I was like, who in the world is going to come to this? Like all of those questions. I was very, very fearful um, before, but I was also very, very excited to see what God could do. Um, and during it, I've had so many questions like from is this going to work to this is great to is this going to work to this is great. Like, you know, I've gone so back and forth, but also I have been so humbled in the experience of it, which has been absolutely awesome about listening to God's obedience and also being able to be humbled by what he's done versus what I thought I would do in this. Like it hasn't been me at all. And then, um, I, I just have seen his hand in it all by being obedient. I have seen his hand in lives being changed. I've seen his hand through prayer. I've seen his hand through just events and retreats and freedom for women. Like it's just been awesome to be able to see that. And so I, that was the first thing that I wrote and thought of when it asked that question. Yeah. Now look at it four years later, still going strong. And that's so crazy. It's just crazy to think like that, but it's all God. Like that is not me because there's no way that I could do all that. No, but I mean, like I said, he equips you and he brings the right people to surround you and make it work. And that's exactly what's happened. But that was a huge leap of faith in that. I'm sure you had all those emotions going through your mind. Um, this was hard for me because I, I feel like I always go back to the same thing, but, um, So I I got two things down, but the first one was, I said, to leave a job I'd been at for so long. Nothing about it made sense, but God told me to go very loud and clear. Um, I asked multiple times for multiple confirmations and he confirmed it every time. And I still was like, can you just give me one more? Just give me one more. Cause I didn't want to, I didn't think I was just confused. Like I just wanted to make sure it was from him. Um, I was nervous, fearful, and I couldn't see what the future held. Um, And I think that's the most scariest thing about it is that I just didn't know by me leaving where I was at and taking a different job, like, what was, what was that going to do? What was that going to look like? Um, But I did it. And um, like I said, nothing about it made sense, but um, it was good. It was good. And 
because of that choice, I've been able to focus on a lot of other things and get a lot of other things done. And then the other thing I wrote down was um, Her Haven, um, just because that was something Crystal and I, it's a nonprofit ministry for women that we started recently. And um, that was something I feel like that we really, really had to take obedience in because it was something like we felt God planted in our hearts years ago and then brought us together. And it's something we talked about a lot, but it was just one of them things that it really would just had to be the right time. And the way that it happened was crazy. And we can tell that another day, but I just feel like, okay, well, we, we took the leap of faith, huge leap of faith, multiple times, took a leap of faith by stepping out and getting a lawyer, stepping mm-hmm. out and filing paperwork. And then we took another huge leap of faith when we put it out there asking for people to sponsor and help raise money for it to be possible. And then another leap of faith when we said, all right, we're going to go look at building space. And we said, okay, we want to sign a lease and we got yeah. a building. And so the obedience throughout that and granted things have been a little bit crazy and we haven't been to do as much with it as we wanted to yet, but we know that God's going to continue to do great things through it. So that for me, I think was the most recent um, obedience to God's calling and what he was saying. All right, step out, do this. Absolutely. And I think that the biggest thing is for that, for that too, we have seen God's hand and not our own hands. Like this has been God's will. And we've kind of surrendered that over to him and said, God, your timing, God, what you're going to do with it. And we've really seen him open the doors and areas that we were like, how is this even happening? And how has this been like, I wouldn't say easy because it hasn't been easy. It's been stressful and it's been hard, but how is it just like, falling into place sort of kind of thing. And, and that's because of God. I mean, it's, it ultimately points right back to him and which has been so exciting to see from the beginning to the middle and all the in-betweens. Like I'm excited to see how his hand touches that um, even more. Uh, the next question I think is on page 46. Do you want to read that one? Yes. So that one says, um, take a moment to let the Holy Spirit speak to you about love and obedience. Do you sense that he's calling you into a fresh new season of obedience flowing out of your love for him? Or do these verses affirm an area where you've been obedient in a recent season? If so, write about that. Um, I said, you know, both. I see how obedient I was in that season of life. And I wonder sometimes what happened. Um, I definitely need to be more obedient now. I, I think I look back and I'm like, oh, I was so obedient then. Like I truly did what, I mean, I, without a doubt, did what he told me to do. And um, even when I resigned from my position at work, I, I put that in my resignation letter as God told me to do it. It doesn't make sense. I love y'all, but I've got to go. Like he told me to go. I got to go. And I know they, I said, I know y'all think I'm crazy, but um and then I look back on that now and I'm like, God, I, like, I really, truly believe in what he told me to do. And I look at myself now, I'm like, well, have I, have I separated a little bit from him? Because I don't feel like I'm that obedient right now. Not that I'm like out here rebelling, but I also feel like I'm not, I don't know, maybe my control issues have gotten worse and that's why I'm not being as obedient with certain things. I don't know. I actually wrote both too, because I can um see where my obedience and I could see God's hand but I also can feel God 
calling me in a new season of obedience. And I feel like um, it's hard. It's like really hard to walk through that obedience season and trusting God. Um, probably one of the hardest things that you'll do as far as like giving up all of that control and allowing him to show you what he can do, because um, truly it's really scary to do that. You know, I mean, that's really frightening. Um, the next question was, what is one thing you sense God may be calling you to do in obedience? And that just goes right along with what I said. Like God is definitely calling me right now in this season to trust him. And uh, yeah, for somebody that has had trust issues in the past, for somebody that has had control issues in the past, trusting is not just very easy. And you, sh I mean, you would think like, okay, but look at all God has done. And I have to remind myself of that all the time. But it's still, I mean, like sometimes you're like, Lord, like your timing. Yep. But you're waiting a little bit too long or, you know, whatever it may be. And so I think right now in this season, he's definitely saying like, in order for you to be obedient and obedient and obedient in this season, obedient in this calling, you must trust me. Mm -hmm. I know that. Um, I've said pretty much the same thing. I said to be still and trust him to work it all out for good because I can stay busy trying to do my own thing. But again, all I'm doing is roadblocking what God's trying to do. And if I'm just still and allow him time to do what he needs to do, it's all going to work out. And so I don't want to interfere with that. And so I'm trying really hard to be obedient to that because I know that it's a problem for me. I know that I spend my time trying to work everything else because work everything out because I feel like I know what's best for me. I know what I need, um, which a lot of times I think we know what we need, but God knows what we need more than we do. He knows what he, he needs to happen for us in order for so many things in the future to fall in place. And a lot of times when we think we know what we need and we're chasing that down, it messes up the whole process of where it is where we're supposed to really be going. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, and it's, it's just one of those hard things to be able to do. But in obedience, I feel like that's where we really see the hand of God. So, yeah. So the next question over on page 47 says, how do you respond to the idea that you might not see the results in your lifetime? I said this hit hard and this is what we already talked a little bit on earlier. But um, I say come into terms with the fact that I may never see or experience the fruit hurts my heart a little bit. Um, it makes me realize I need to accept it and know it's okay. Um, and that's what I'm working towards is accepting it. Like I mentioned earlier, but I mean, when I read it, it, it definitely like pierced my heart a little bit. Cause I was just like, Oh, like, I guess I've just never looked at it that way. But, um, I guess I just expected us to always see the fruit of our obedience and the things that we do in our lives. And so, yeah, that's, that's something I'm going to have to work extra hard on. Well, it's just like a new thing to kind of consider when you're actually being obedient. It's kind of like God doesn't really owe us anything, but for some reason when we're obedient to him, we feel like we should, we deserve something. It's almost like when your kids do something good, it's like, Oh, well, don't I get this? You know? And so it's kind of like when you do something good and you're spending time with God, you're like, where's my praise for it? You know? But like the reality of it is, is like, we might 
not ever see it because I mean to the truth is is we don't really deserve anything you know what I mean like I mean he really he deserves, yeah he deserves it all and so um that I wrote I just wrote that scares the mess out of me like you know like I think that's scary so it is um we're gonna also flip we're gonna flip now skip a few pages and flip flip to uh page 54 and in this it says if you sense God asking you to step into a place of wild or even mild obedience circle the word that best describes God's whispers to you today or feel free to write your own word in the margin so I circled three words. I I said circled the word, but I didn't read that. I didn't uh, listen to the instructions because I'm in a season where I'm, I need to do all three of these. One of those was wait. One of those was kneel. And one of those was believe. Mm. Those are the three I circled. That's that. I circled three. <laughs> I circled three. Times. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but, but they're, Mostly, did. I said one go. Um, there's some things I feel God saying go for it, and I'm kind of just sitting back. But then I also said believe because believing it is hard, and I think I will lack that trust and I lack that belief at times more so now than I have in the past. And I think it's just because so much has taken place over the past year or two. Yeah, and then the third one I circled was worship because. I feel like if we are spending our time in worship, despite our circumstances, despite the season we're in, it makes it really hard to complain and roll around in our misery. And so I know that it's okay to be sad and it's okay to be hurt and it's okay to feel all those things. But if we flip it around and we take that time and turn that hurt into worship, I just feel like it starts shifting something within us. And so, and I know that in my mind, so I need to focus more on doing that. Um, and then I just kind of wrote in be still, as I mentioned earlier, because I know that I know that doesn't go together, go and be still. But some things I need to be still and wait for God. And then the other things, when he says go, I need to go ahead and act on it and not keep sitting here on my hands saying, are you sure? Are you sure? Are yeah. You sure? Well, if he said go, he means go, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it says under that, it says when you are called into obedience, what holds you back? And I just said fear of the unknown or worry of the outcome, which I was kind of go hand in hand. That's basically what I what I said, too, is like fear holds you holds me back. And then um, lack of trust will hold me back as well. So I basically answer the same thing. Doubt, worry, all of those things, all of the things that the enemy puts on us to make us believe that we can't do what God has called us to do or, you know, that we don't have it in us is the things that really hold us back when it becomes to being obedient the next question was in the last question that we're going to read out of these this study is one reason obedience is so scary is that we don't know what will come of it in fact you may feel like some of your most obedient acts resulted in failure can you think of things you've done out of obedience in the past that haven't yet shown any fruit this was a tough one yeah um I mean, there's probably a lot of things that I've done, but I feel like maybe my job, you know, being obedient and, and feeling like I was doing what 
you know, the plans and maybe it was because I was following my plans and not God's plans at the time to do what I was doing job wise. But like, I feel like I haven't seen much fruit there and um, I kind of just don't know why, you know, because it's been, I've been there for a really long time. And so um, that would probably be my biggest thing that first. And that's the first thing that honestly came to mind. Yeah, absolutely. It, jobs are tough. Like <laughs> the ironic thing is that's the same thing I wrote down. Um, oh my gosh. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. But, but it's a little bit different. So this, I know I said I switched jobs because God told me to, and that was a little over two years ago. But um, prior to that, years before that, I also felt a calling to leave my job and um, I did it. It allowed me more times with my time with my kids and I was able to get them to and from school. And so I, I took that opportunity. But that season also brought me some of the worst pain that I had in my entire mm -hmm. life, like a lot of pain. And I remember looking back thinking, why, one, why am I here? Why did you bring me here if I was going to have to go through this? Um, why did you take me away from a schedule that I had that was great um, to bring me here just to, to take it all away? Um, because what ended up happening is that job after six months of being there, I was told I was no longer needed and it's a long story, but, um, so I ended up going back to where I left, but even still looking back on it now, I'm like, I'm not sure that even now looking back on it, I can see how that season of life and me being obedient, um, produce any fruit. Like I, I haven't experienced it now. Maybe the people there did, um, but I haven't. And all I know is when I look back on that season of life, I'm like, I think of hurt and I think okay. of anger. And I, but I also wrote down, but in capital letters and said, look where I am now. So maybe it is fruit. I don't know, but I definitely know that those things had to happen because it wasn't long after that, the three, four, one happened and I attended that and everything in my life started to shift. So I don't know. I look back on it and I really don't think I've seen the fruit from that, but Maybe I'm just confused and I have, but yeah, so. That's good though, because I, I mean, I can, I can feel the same thing when it comes to what I was speaking about is I question whether or not I have seen fruit or if honestly that whole position or that whole thing, it, it's not, it's not for me. It was for, it's for someone else, you know, so that's really good. I, um, if you guys have not read that um, prayer in the end of chapter, is it eight? Yeah, the end of chapter eight, the end of Clueless, you've got to read that prayer. That was a really powerful prayer that she wrote praying to the Holy Spirit about, um, like, about, you know, living in her and dwelling in her. And, anyways, it was just really, really impactful. And so, I kind of want, I, I really am going to go back and read chapter eight again and go back through and highlight some things in there. It was just a really, really good chapter. I feel like it was, I feel like it was deep, but it wasn't deep, so deep in a way that you get confused. It was deep and like, I feel like it really pierced my, or like plucked my heart a lot of ways because yeah. it like spoke so strongly. Um, 
to me well, as we were reading through it. And I definitely want to do the same thing by going back through it. Um, I, I do really love where she said, um, the Holy Spirit is working in the silences. Our main job is not to manage outcomes. It is simply to show up. And so I would love to leave y'all with that today and to really think on that and just remember that even when it's quiet and you don't feel like God's working, he is behind the scenes working. You may not see it for a long time, but he is working on it. And we don't, we're not in charge of the outcome of it. We just have to show up and let God do what he does best. And so that's what I encourage y'all to embrace over forever, but especially this week, take that in remember those promises and really just trust in him. And thank you guys for showing up with us to do the study. We appreciate you. We're so glad that you're digging in with us. Um, we can't wait to keep finishing this up and we have a huge surprise for you guys at the end. And um, anyways, make sure that uh, you um, let us know how it's impacting you and you keep updated on our social accounts and we will talk to you guys next week. Yes, talk to you next week. Bye.